We are here with another episode of Barbie Does Dating. I am your host, Miss Barbie Bird. We are here with my executive producer. I don't executive? know why I called you executive. I threw wow. that in there. I got an upgrade. He got a he got promoted. <laughs> Mr. I'll Nick Galetti. It. Thank you. Mr. Steve Solberg is not here. He is on a plane right now. So instead, we well, are having Miss Kristen Sokol. Hi there. She is my dating coach. She is Steve's dating coach. She is many people's dating coach. <laughs> True dating story. coach to the stars. I'm telling you, and I am <laughs> such a fan. Such a fan. Well, I'm a fan, and you have many fans. And we this were, is what she tells us. We were just talking about how many phone calls I get from listeners, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Barbie. I love Barbie. How do you know Barbie? And they're like, oh, I don't. I don't know her. I just listen to her podcast. That's awesome. I, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm always surprised. Yeah. I, don't, I shouldn't be because it's I'm every shocked. time. So people who don't know you are listening, and I have to tell you this story. Okay, I just got a Christmas card from one of my clients who I worked with, I don't know, two years ago. Okay. Um, she got married last January, so she's been married a year now. She was a highly compensated medical professional okay. who worked in another state on the West Coast Okay. and trying to protect all this an anonymity <laughs> here. So one of her colleagues, also a very highly compensated medical professional listens to your podcast mm -hmm. and she referred her friend who was single to this podcast and said you should listen to this podcast she listened to the podcast i don't know if it was an episode i was on or if just some something where you were yammering on and on There's and very on few about episodes where she does not <laughs> drop your name that is true um but she called me yeah um and she was a person who probably worked 90 hours a week Ooh. And she really wanted to get married and have a family. She was in her 40s. Mm -hmm. And I was like, great, let's do it. So how are we going to do this if you work 90 hours a week? Anyway, so we made the life adjustments that needed to be made. And I got her Christmas card a couple of weeks ago. And she's deliriously happy Yay. and married. And there were lots of obstacles that you know mm -hmm. she overcame. And I was supportive to help her get through some of the terror of changing your life yeah. um, and letting that happen. But it never would have happened without Barbie Does Dating. Wow. Stop. And people across state lines and all over. And, you know, you think that it's just members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who are listening to this podcast, and it is not. And it is not. That is fascinating to me. Yeah. So just watch it when you're talking about the ward, because maybe not everybody knows what that means. That is true. <laughs> I do do a we lot of probably, LDS lingo. I'm sorry. You should probably sorry. explain what that is. Um, anyway. But yeah, you have a, a, a wide following of motivated listeners. That's awesome. That makes me so who happy. Are taking what you're what you're peddling mm -hmm. and changing their lives with it. And I'm just so tickled to get to hear about it and just be part of it. Well, it's just funny though, because Nick and I are like, we never hear anything about people. The only thing I hear is from people that listen to it that are my really close friends that don't get to see me a lot. Mm. And all of them call me and they're like, I love listening to your podcast because it's like having a conversation with you and it feels like we're <laughs> together again. And I'm like, oh, so my five people that listen to it that are my friends. Oh. And so to hear that there's more than that, and then it's always funny because I joke with Steve. The second Steve walks out that door, he forgets we have a podcast. He, he, doesn't, will, yeah, he, doesn't listen. he will never think about it again. He's never <laughs> listened to it. People will mention it to him and he's like, oh, yeah, I, I guess I am on that podcast. I'm like, it's been years, dude. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that guy. Love he is him. one of my favorite people in the world. Mm. Can you tell how many like streams you have or viewers you have? Do you to a certain that? extent. Hmm. 
It's just hard because it's across so many pl- different platforms. Yeah. Like, and you have a real job, and so yes, <laughs> yeah. So it's. I mean, that's how I feel. Like sometimes there's projects that I'm involved in, and then I think, oh, but I'm already working like full time. I know. Like, what am I going to do this? Sometimes yeah. I like want to put up like mix Venmo sometime and be like, please send just, five dollars oh, to my producer just because send him he some does money. this out of the goodness of his heart. I do this so that people can get married and have happy relationships. It is working. That I should send that you is pictures. Awesome. Next time this happens, I'm going to get permission to send you some pictures. Is that it? would Look be great. what you guys did. Oh, we would love it. Share it on the socials. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of we like... We should share it on the socials. Oh, I love it. Because for me, it's kind of like when I see a bride wearing one of my dresses that I've designed. Oh, yes. And I get all like choked up and I'm like, I'm going to be a part of your special day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's yeah. so true. Well, you guys deserve a lot of kudos for for doing this out of the goodness of your heart. It's just um, fun. It is fun. Yeah. And, and like thanks it. for talking about me and inviting and... me. That's kind of the thing is like, I just really like Nick and Steve. And so getting to <laughs> hang out with them, I'm like, this is fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm. Except it is nice to have another girl here. I'm not going to lie. That's all right. You it don't need to nice. lie. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm married and have five daughters. That I'm around correct. women all day long. Do you have long. five daughters? Yes. <gasps> How so, exciting. Uh, this is not Girl an uncomfortable dad. dynamic to me. <laughs> I have um, two daughters, but I grew up, I was the youngest in my family. I had five big brothers. Nice. Stinky ones. <laughs> you don't have any well, sisters? No. Oh. No, but I'm so that. blessed to have daughters. And now my daughters are 17 and 14 and they're so much fun and we're loving it. Oh, they're the <laughs> it's cutest like having things. Sisters. I love them. Mm, they're fun. <laughs> You know me. I just love till, I like, teenagers. Those. I'm like, I want to hang out with all the teenagers. <laughs> oh, and they are obsessed with Barbie. <laughs> nice. Obsessed. Who isn't? <sighs> okay, what are we great. talking about oh, here? Oh, what are we talking about Do we have a topic? Today? That was six minutes of... What do we decide? Dating <laughs> Self-glorification. <laughs> That's now all we're what? Ta- <laughs> And now the episode is done. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> we're Thank awesome. You. The end. So one of the things... So it is interesting because I normally don't get feedback from stuff... And in the last few weeks, I have had people, it hasn't been like hundreds of people, but I have had at least five people send me messages. 500, 500 mm-hmm. exactly. But people that I haven't talked to for years, like from Colorado and stuff like that, who have been sending me messages and are like, oh my gosh, I love your podcast. Thank you so much. And a lot of them are divorced. And I have been having a very strong feeling for the past like couple of months. I'm like, we have to have some divorced people on. We need to talk about this because it's hard because I've never been married. Steve's never been married. And Nick's happily married for 22 years. Mm -hmm. So we don't have that dynamic. Like, I tend to date divorced men. I tend to almost prefer prefer that. that. And, um, but I don't, I don't have that experience from the other side. So one of the things I wanted to talk with Kristen about, or have her actually talk about, is maybe just some guidance for people that are divorced getting back into the dating scene. Especially Mm. one of the people that contacted me the other day, she's like, Especially any advice they have about when you have kids. Mm. And so, like, what what are some basic let's get started guidelines or things you have? Mm. And this is for the person getting into the dating scene mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. not when you are the person dating someone that has been divorced. The divorcee. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're getting into dating. Yep. Yeah. After a divorce. Mm-hmm. So what I'll say is welcome back. Yeah. Sorry <laughs> yeah. that you're here. Um, or maybe not. Here's or congratulations. <laughs> that Good you're job here. getting out of that. It could um, be a no. congratulations. Yeah. I, I people tend to feel defeated if they have to go back to the dating pool, but it's not. It's it's lots. A lot has changed. Um, there's a lot more 
opportunities or um, maybe not opportunities, well, opportunities, but a lot more options mm-hmm. exist now than used to. So that's fun. Um, so here's my advice. Here's where I would go first. If you're re-entering the dating pool, um, I think you have a unique opportunity to look at relationships and learn about relationships and how healthy relationship dynamics operate and then kind of pick through what happened in your previous marriage. Um, so he, let me let me tell you why. So, and the easiest way to do that is, is to talk about the difference between coaching and therapy. Okay. Okay. So difference between coaching and therapy. I'm a, th- I was going to say therapist. I am a coach, mm-hmm. not a therapist. And we do different work, coaches and therapists. So the difference between the two is like the difference between archaeology and architecture. So in both are important trades, uh, professions. In archaeology, we're going to dig through the past and find the broken things and piece them together and understand what was and process what life you know may have been like. That, that's archaeology. Architecture is more starting f- at ground level and having a desire to build so- up, something up, right? And we need a blueprint and we need a plan. We need some strategies. Mm-hmm. We need some tools. That's what coaching does. So if you are entering the dating pool, um, what I would tell you to do is some archaeology work. Let's figure out and process the pieces and um, take responsibility for what's yours, assign some responsibility for what's not yours, and figure out you know, some of the things that went awry. In order to know that, you have to know some principles and foundations for what makes healthy relationships work. So how do you find that is the real question. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that, but I would like to give you an opportunity to respond because otherwise it's going to be like 13 minutes of me straight. <laughs> 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 Did you want to respond? Nick? Barbie? Not real. I don't have any thoughts. I, you go well, ahead. I, I, I know an individual mm-hmm. that um, has recently been divorced or is in, actually is kind of in the process of divorce, I okay. should say. It's divorcing. And divorcing. This individual has, if I'm being honest, is jumping back into the pool very quickly. It happens. And and I can understand, you know, wanting the companionship and, and for sure needing to kind of heal from those scars. Yeah. It does feel like if you skip the archaeology step mm-hmm. that you could quite possibly be going to build a new building, design a new structure. On, on an ancient rocky, Indian burial yeah, ground it, that's yeah, going to be cursed. Yeah, cursed. <laughs> just because so, you haven't dealt with it. That's so, and haven't understood it. Right. Yes, and that's so, like we've got to survey the land and that's what I'm really talking about, yeah. right? We want to build this new building on a structure, on a on a foundation, on a surface that can withhold it. So here's, here's my first resource for you. There is a, a researcher, social scientist, marriage and family therapist, researcher that I love and follow. Her name is Dr. Sue Johnson. She's probably in her upper 70s at this point, but she has been researching. So she's one of the founders of therapeutic technique called emotionally focused therapy. 
This okay. is the one that you've told me about, and I love it. Kay. They're the ones that follow, like that follow the newlyweds and then the people for years, right? Different thing. Different. Dang it! But I'm also going to talk excited. about that. Okay, go ahead. That's next. Okay. <laughs> so Sue Johnson um, is she's an EFT specialist and really, really honed in that as a style of therapy. You know, there's talk therapy and EFT therapy and you know, other kinds of therapy. Others, yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm in the weeds now, but she has written a book which I highly recommend all divorced people who are re-entering the dating pool read. And it will help you understand why your last marriage dissolved in a way that will make you just be a really aha moment for you and help you figure out what's yours and what was theirs and not repeat some of those cycles in in your next relationship. I have a, a gentleman that I'm working with right now in an, in another state, not Utah, and he is... His marriage is, he's married and his marriage is struggling. Mm -hmm. And I have referred this book to him and it has really opened his eyes to how a healthy, what a healthy relationship dynamic takes um, and what, what to look for and how to behave and how to, how to express needs to your partner. Anyway, the book is called, did I say it already? The book is called Hold Me Tight. Mm. Okay. Sharpen your pencils. One. I haven't heard of it. Yeah. Get that book. Hold me tight. Okay. Um, Sounds like a fifty song. So it's an yeah, it does, doesn't it? So it's an EFT, you know, f- therapy based book. Uh, in addition to the book, there are also online groups where you can go through and experience this, like as a class. You know, where you go through modules together, and there's some accountability there. You know, if you financially invest, it's not very expensive. It's like one hundred and fifty dollars. Pretty inexpensive, or you can just read the book, and it's a, a super great audio book. I listened to it with my husband last year sometime. It's an audio book. Is it focused on dating? No, it's not a dating book. It's a marriage book. It's okay. a couple's relationship book. Yeah, but so it'll help a divorcee. But if it, it will help a divorcee assess and kind of do some of that archaeology work to assess what the heck happened that we didn't want and not repeat some of those things in the future. And I think it will especially help you in the partner selection, like in the dating process, we want to make sure that the people we end up with are going to reach some of these um, healthy partner benchmarks Mm. that they can do some of the things that are really important. Most of this book has a, has to do with attachment theory, which is something I love to talk about with mm-hmm. with Barbie. We have a lot yes. of fun talking about attachment. So she's you know really attachment focused and really understanding how how selecting a partner whose attachment style has the ability to meet your needs when it comes to attachment. Yeah, as adults, you know when we were kids. You know, if we had decent parents, we received love and nurturing and support from our parents. Now that we're adults, well, we still need nurturing and love and support, but we're not really getting it from our parents. We're supposed to get it from our loving, committed, supportive spouse. Um, And if you think about it, like a child, like a two-year-old child who expects their mother to be there for them if they fall down and scrape their knee or if they just get scared and, Mm -hmm. you know, see a stranger danger, you know, um, (laughs) And they're not there. Like, what does a child, a two-year-old do when they expect their mom to be there, but she's not there? What do they do? They freak out. They freak out. Yeah. Right? And oftentimes, if we have a bad day or a frustration or a need that is that that we want our partner to meet and they're not responsive to us, 
we freak out. Mm-hmm. Or if they're gone because they're not there anymore. You're divorcing. Right, right. We freak out, right? So understanding how to pick somebody who wants to meet your needs and is there to meet your needs and understanding the importance of you meeting your partner's needs is critically important before you start the dating process again. I think it's critically important. See, that sounds like, uh, and and this is not a knock on it, but I'm divorcing, I'm in pain. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to read this book that's going to show me more painful things to deal with emotionally. It doesn't sound like a great sell. I so know. So how, how uh, th- important really is that? That's the way it sounds when I'm telling it to you, but I have experienced... Um, divorced persons or people who are in a really painful place read this book and it has been nothing but like light bulbs. Like, oh, finally I understand myself. Finally I understand why I was doing that. And and the the reality is there's really good reasons why you've chosen to do the things that you've chosen to do with your spouse and they, they too and reasons why that just didn't work. And and this book will enlighten and turn on light bulbs and help you in the process moving forward. So I haven't found it to be incredibly painful for people okay. to read, even though they will probably assign blame. But and and that sounds negative, and I don't mean it to, because I think what it, they're probably already blaming themselves, but they will understand why it happened. And there are really good reasons why it happened. Sometimes we're beating ourselves up for doing these mean things that we probably shouldn't have done, but we'll understand what drove us to that. And that will help them feel more resolved um, and help them feel more secure about not repeating those patterns in their next relationship. So that's the answer to your question. Archaeology, if we're getting getting Mm -hmm. back into the dating game, well, let's understand, um, let's understand what happened. And yeah, I have a thought that is like almost coming out. And it's, I think it's really important, but I can't quite remember it. So it'll come up. You know, I'm also, I've been such a big advocate. Like, I've always been a big advocate for therapy. But, like, Kristen and I have been working together. And then we had a session that I won't give details. But she's like, I'm going to refer you to a therapist because there is something you are really stuck on. And I need you to go see someone who has a more knowledge than I do. Yeah. And it has been so wonderful and so incredible. And it's hard. Because there are things that I really do need to work on and that I am trying to understand. But I think so I really just want to encourage people. And she did say that I can give out her information. Her name is Michelle. If anyone is interested in talking to my therapist here in Utah, send me a message and I am happy to give you her number. She's actually going to be on the podcast sometime. Is she? Yay! She is. She's actually a really good friend of Kristen's. And shocker. I know. We're all just (laughs) in the same little circle. But I think therapy is so important. Like, of course, self-help, self-help books are great, but mm. I am someone who needs to have another person there. Mm. And like, actually, it's really nice to work with her because sometimes I just ramble and I'm sitting there going, okay, my brain is jumping from this to this to this. And I'm like, but by the end of it, I'm like, oh, I think I just figured something out. I'm sorry that was so all over the place. She's like, no, I was watching you connect the dots. It was good. She's, so, yeah, she knows. She's, yeah, she's, she's a keeper. She's quite good. So she's a keeper. She's a keeper. <laughs> but yeah. like, if you are in a place that you can go to therapy along with these things as you're trying to Mm -hmm. figure out the things that happened and you're getting ready to move forward, please do. It is, Mm. it Mm. is very important. Yeah. I think so too. 
right? And and these self-help books are no substitution for therapy. But if therapy is not an option, yeah. then these self-help books are really, really useful. Yeah. And there's a million of them, so it's hard to pick the one that is right. For me, there's no better book to help you understand what relationships should look like than this Hold Me Tight. And it's it's not new. It's an, it's an old book. It's, okay. you know, decades old. And you should see Sue Johnson. She's like, she's, you know, pushing... 80 and she's got big bouffant hair she's like my hair mentor <laughs> stop us nick we're gonna start talking about hair again all right move on next, okay. next bit so the next thing yeah so barbie referenced this already mm-hmm. so uh, one of my favorite favorite mentors her name is dr terry orbach t-e-r-r-i-o-r-b-u-c-h she goes by the name the love doctor She's she's actually she, she's an, she's a very academic person. She's yeah. a university professor, and she is a marriage and family therapist. She's a dating coach. Mm-hmm. Most interestingly to me, she has been directing a study. I think it was like her PhD thesis, mm-hmm. like in the eighties. I think you're right. She's been directing a, a longitudinal study that has been funded by the National Institute of Health since the year. 1986. Hmm. She's been running this study. The study has been following the same 373 couples, all who got married in Michigan in 1986. Hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now the couples are in their 60s. Interestingly, 48% have divorced. And I can't remember the exact number. It's like somewhere between 25 and 30% of those divorced have now repartnered. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? So now 30 years into it, there's only like 10 or 15% that are not married. Mm-hmm. Um, that are, you know, are divorced and have stayed divorced. So the vast majority are still married. This study has yielded all kinds. So it's called the early years of marriage study. People want to know. Um, and it's called that because it was originally intended to be a four-year study, right, on the early years of marriage. But the insights that it has yielded are so valuable that the in- National Institute of Health has continued to fund it now, on- ongoing. And Terry Orbach is a academic person, but she realized probably, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago that... All of this academic knowledge, which is so insightful, is written in the language of academia, yep. and nobody is benefiting from it, right? <laughs> so, so she kind of took on this uh, this alter ego of the love doctor, even though she's quite a serious person, and that sounds kind of corny. <laughs> yeah. um, but she's taken on this alter ego, and she has written four or five books, and one of the books is called Finding Love Again. Six Simple Steps to a New and Happy Relationship. Okay, so all of the findings and, and the content of this book um, have are, you know, backed by research and science, you know, from this study that she has been directing. So the study has uncovered that all 373 couples shared six key life values. All 700 people shared these six values. But they prioritized each of those values. And Barbara, you've probably, if you listen to this, you've heard Barbara talk about our top 10 list. But, you know, they prioritize each of those values in their own unique way. And the couples that have stayed together value the same three things in the same priority. Their top three are prioritized in the same way. And those who have, who had differing values uh, uh, in a different order 
were much more likely to get divorced right, and not okay. stay together over time. Mm-hmm. So even if they were the same values, just the yeah. fact that they prioritized them differently. Yes. The top three, top two or three are the ones that really matter to match, right? And after the top three, you know, we can value different things and it doesn't seem to have an impact, statistically speaking, over our likeliness to stay together. Mm-hmm. So people always want to know what those six things are. Should I say them? Yeah. Sure. Is that interesting? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I hope I can come up with them. Sometimes I, <laughs> I was going to, that was my thought is I'm like, you're just going to remember this? I think okay. I'm going to remember it. Okay. So this is in no particular order because you will decide the order. You know, you get to decide. And the goal is that when you're in the dating process, ooh, we're looking for people we can identify on our dates that value the same top things that you do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's see if we can do this. All right. Importance of family and children, importance of faith, religion, and spirituality, habits around money and finance, work ethic and career ambition, habits around health and fitness, and opinions about politics and public policies. So those are the six general things that we all value. So when you say value... When you talk about things like politics, you can both value them, but you can be in opposite ends of political ideologies, uh-huh. but uh-huh. You, if you both value them highly, that's still a functional I'm shared sure value. Oh, I'm okay. not sure about that. But I do know there are lots of famous couples, or at least several, that are at the top levels of government on opposite sides. The Conways are, are one of the Kellyanne Conway and her husband are polar opposites. So... I had a thought, and then Nick Sorry. derailed it. That's I what do he that. does. I'm gonna say constantly. I, he cannot stay on track. He can. <laughs> it's so all, and he never prepares squirrel. anything. <laughs> okay, so um, if your top value is faith, religion, and spirituality, which a lot of people here in Utah, you know, are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, that's a top value. So if you're dating around and somebody else. Is also a member of the church, but isn't super motivated or like that. It, it might seem fine, like we share similar backgrounds, but as we progress further into the relationship, the differences and and the, the fact that you know he prioritizes it low or you do um, is going to become more of a problem later. Same thing with fam family and children. If one of you wants to have kids right away and uh, or you know prioritizes you know blending families and the other one doesn't we're going to have some you know love is just not enough right Mm -hmm. some of these things really do need to match up um, in order for this to to last over time so is there value then in using these six things in your archaeology to go back through Mm -hmm. the old relationship or just i think it's helpful to know yeah for sure then you can look back and say oh well that's why that didn't work Mm -hmm. you know he was a he was a gym rat and i was just yeah or I was a gym rat and he was always trying to, you yeah. know, there's the, I, the, I can see why our values just really misaligned or somebody's values change. Yeah. That can happen too, where, where, you know, we decide that we don't want to do the thing that we used to do when we started this marriage and, and marriages limp along until, until it gets too yeah, burdenistic to continue. Burdenistic. She's oh, fancy. That, that's a $5 <laughs> word right there. I've got half a master's degree, so. <laughs> that's right. I'm probably the most educated person in this room. (laughs) 
there's three of us in here. Formally. I, I guarantee more than me, so. <laughs> um, That's my claim to fame. So when it comes to the, this dating after divorce, these six principles, where, how, do, how does that fit in then? Is this, this is something that people okay. need to look for so when, when they go back to it? when we are dating, mm -hmm. a lot of times we're looking to heal wounds and like validate ourselves that we're a good partner and, and maybe there's some kind of rebound effect where we were talking about this at the beginning of just jumping in too quickly and we're trying to prove that we do have value. We're right? not the bad guy. I'm not the bad guy. I yeah. can do this. But the point of dating is, is there's a lot of detective work that needs to be done on both of your parts. Right, there are things that we're trying to discover. Um, mm -hmm. This is one of Elisa Snell's. Uh, have you ever had her on here? Do you know Elisa? No, mm -hmm. I don't know Lisa. Oh, she's great. Um, yeah. She's got a lot of great stuff. So one of her things that she talks about um, is uh, the importance of um, having empathy, self-control, and personal responsibility. Right, you need to seek a partner who has those things. Yeah. At least at an 80th percentile. That's what she recommends. Right. Okay. We don't have to be perfect. Like sometimes you're gonna be sick or hangry. Yeah. Um, but 80% of the time we can reliably expect that they're gonna respond empathetically. They're going to have self-control and and take responsibility for their own actions. Right. So when we are in a dating mode, we're kind of sleuthing that out. Like, yeah. where is this guy on and on empathy, mm -hmm. or where is this girl? Is she, she, she self control wise, right? Or, or like, how do they respond? Is anything ever their fault? Yeah. Do they, or are they willing to own, you know, their actions if if they're less than you know ideal? So that's our work to do. And I, I say this: the the partner for that. This is also Elisa an Elisa Snell principle is that we have to express our feelings, needs, and opinions. You probably heard Barbie say that. Um, <laughs> before something that we talk about often yeah feelings needs and opinions there's good reasons why we withhold those and usually we don't want to escalate or we don't want to make something a big deal we want to be polite but we can't really tell how empathetic somebody is until we share our feelings with them or our needs if we share a need that we have and they don't care then we know something about their empathy level Right. Or if we yeah. share a need and they are there for it and just never, you know, then we know something about their empathy. And that's our work to do in dating. That's what we're there to do. Not to validate ourselves that we have value or to like prove that we have worth or that we're worth loving. Cause it's tempting to just feel like that's what we're there to do, just impress, impress, impress. Mm -hmm. But we're really there to assess not impress. Ooh, I like that. That is good. I should write that That's down. That's good. We should write that down. Assess, not impress. Yeah. Yeah. Could this work? Right. Do we align? Am I what you need? And and coming back to this book, Hold Me Tight, one of the main principles in this book, and I love so much, she asks three key questions. Okay. And the questions are, you know, in a partner, this is what we need. Mm -hmm. We need to answer these three questions affirmatively. Are you there for me? Mm -hmm. Do I matter to you? And will you come when I call? Mm. We're looking for people who can say yes to those things. And we need to be a yes for those things for them. Yeah. That the reason marriages fail is not because of conflict, but rather a lack of responsiveness to those things, to their partner. And that's what we really can't tolerate. You know, we were talking about a child 
You know, what if a child got hurt and the mother just stood there with a blank face and just didn't move and didn't care? Mm -hmm. That would make the kid freak out. Oh, yeah. And we do that to our partners or our partners have done it to us when we've really needed them to be there. They didn't come. Mm -hmm. And a marriage cannot withstand that, right? So in a dating relationship, we're looking to ensure that that those three things are a yes. So it isn't all just about how we look and how we show up and being the perfect version of ourselves. That's not real life. And the thing that's going to help our next relationship last over time are these kinds of things. I'm curious about that last bit where you say, when I call, Mm -hmm. you come. Yeah. There has to be some conditions on that, I would think, because that could get kind of um, almost abusive in yeah. the damsel in distress version yeah. or the just there's there's a weakness mm-hmm. version of that that I feel like yeah so what, needs a slight what criteria. you're talking about is the difference between a codependent relationship and an interdependent relationship right because in an interdependent relationship we're both doing that for each other right and that's where we have these relationships where there's synergy where the the two plus two equals three or one plus one equals three, right? In a codependent relationship, we're talking about a drama triangle, right? Where there's a victim and a rescuer and there's some kind of persecutor. Mm. Mm. Victim, rescuer, persecutor, Okay, right? So will you come when I call if she's always rescuing him or he's always rescuing her and you know whoever the rescuer is also has needs. But they're usually so focused on rescuing that their needs go unmet, which is fine because there is a lot of, there's some perks of being the rescuer. It feels really good to be everybody's savior. Mm -hmm. That feels good. But eventually, you're going to have some needs too. And and you also leave them weak if they can't ever handle their own stuff. Yeah. and, And if they can't ever meet your needs, then that becomes extremely disappointing and that relationship will fail over time. Yeah. Right? But like, for example, I'll tell you, when you come when I call, this is a couple years back. I I have an autoimmune disease and I had an appointment to see the gastroenterologist and it was a follow-up appointment. And for whatever reason, I was just really terrified to go. I just, I wasn't sure what they were going to tell me. And I think the main thing I was afraid of is that they were going to tell me that there was nothing they could do. And that I was kind of stuck this way. And I just had all this stuff in my head, meaning in my head about what was going to happen at 3 p.m. that day. And I was planning to go to this doctor appointment by myself. As the day progressed, (laughs) my mental state deteriorated Mm -hmm. and to the point where my husband, who works from home, noticed. And he took me to that appointment. He canceled the rest of his day because he could see that I was in distress and I needed him. Right. And yeah. so he came when I called. But if he had let me just said, well, I have to work, you know, I've got these meetings with these, you know, dumb people that are more important than you, yeah. then that would have left me feeling like I don't matter to him. And if we have a pattern of that, then it really starts to impact the relationship. So, talking about divorced people coming into the dating pool, these are the questions you want to have in mind. And if you start to express feelings, needs, and opinions, and they don't care, this is not your boyfriend. Yeah. Why is that different for a divorcee versus just someone that... It's not. We're it's not. About oh, okay. People. We're just focusing on that. Okay. <laughs> well, because I was thinking about that 
from my point of view, as someone who's never been married, I'm 42 years old, and so many of my friends are in the exact same situation as we are, and we do tend to be a little bit more on the independent side, mm-hmm. where we have been let down so many times mm. by I'm calling and you're not coming, whether it's a home teacher, whether it is a boyfriend, whether it is a family member or a friend, that the older you get, the more that you just kind of protect yourself and you're like, I'm not going to ask for that help. Mm. And so when you're dating someone and you (laughs) break down that wall and it's so hard to be like, okay, I need you. And let me tell you, if they do not respond, you will shut right back up. Like this isn't a... This isn't like a, oh, three times. I'm going to ask a few more times. It's No, you're lucky to get one chance. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that like, oh, you guys suck or anything like that. But like, we will evaluate that quickly. And I think men would do the same thing too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. Um, I have, you know, my male clients, my boy clients mm-hmm. are... I always I always like to say boy instead of male. I know. Male. I always feel like whenever I say male, I'm like like a like a, I don't know what kind like a like a male stripper always comes to my mind. I hate saying male. I'm, I'm very juvenile in that way. I'm like thinking of Chippendales, as specifically that um, Patrick Swayze. Uh, oh my gosh, the Chris Farley episode. <laughs> Chris Farley, Chippendales, That's good. <laughs> male dancers. That's I don't great. know why that happens for me. That's a great. Oh, one. I'm in the weeds, but. Um, my boy clients are very afraid of being in a in a touchless yes marriage mm-hmm. touchless sexless marriage and uh, there's a lot of divorced men out there who have been yeah and i'll tell you there's probably good reasons why it was sexless but they're f- afraid nonetheless whether it was right or wrong whether they were in the right or wrong they're just afraid of this yeah. and they're looking for women who can be emotionally responsive to their needs Right? Who can who can look? It's just as important. It's it's definitely a two way street. In this book, "Hold Me Tight," that I've referenced earlier, there are loads of examples mm-hmm. of interactions between husbands and wife, dialogues for you to read, and you can see his point of view, and it makes so much sense. And you can see her point of view, and it also makes so much sense. They both have good reasons, but what they need to do is reach for each other. Yeah. Right. And that and 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 extend you know, the olive branch or whatever. Anyway, it's really good. It's just, it's just, it makes so much logical sense. And moving forward, it will help you with your dating strategy to understand what a healthy dynamic mm-hmm. is supposed to look like. You know, and one other thing I want to kind of touch on for people that are getting back out there and dating, whether it's from a long-term relationship or a marriage or whatever, there are some very important things to not do on your dating profile when you're putting yourself out there. And I would like Kristen to talk about, we have talked about this many times on here, but the, well, for guys, they tend to, like, we've talked about this. You can tell when someone was in a sexless marriage because in their profile, one of the first things they talk about is physical intimacy is very important to me. Physical touch. I need this. And it's like, okay, you you, you want some sex. I get it. Go yes. to Barbie's McDonald's. Yeah. There's people willing to... Got some hookers over there for you. And, but, so you see that, and then you see with women, I don't see as much with the guys saying, these are the things that I hate, Mm -hmm. but you see it a lot with women. Yes. That they, instead of being like, here's the things that I want or that are great about me, they're like, you better not have this. You can go ahead, Kristen. Well, I was going to just quickly say, nobody cares what you don't want. Nope. That's so boring. Don't bring it up. That's awesome. I love that. 
Yeah. That's so boring. Well put. That's so boring. Yes. Well, you want and- me to give you a list of things I don't want? <laughs> I don't want to clean my bathroom mirror. Yeah. I'm currently <laughs> avoiding it. <laughs> Should I go on? Yeah. The windshield on my car on the inside, so dirty. I don't want to clean it. Yep. That's why it's so dirty. Mm-hmm. There's just so many things I don't want. But do you guys want to listen to that? No. Do you want to hear? Should I put it in writing? Yeah. <laughs> Let me put that on the thing that's supposed to attract people to you. Yeah. Well, that that's something I've noticed with uh, divorcees. They're typically, they date based on their, their fears inform their decisions mm-hmm. more than what they want. And I think that that's part of this idea, right, Barbie, where they're saying, I don't want this. I don't want that. You're leading with what... You actually fear yeah. instead of what you want, which means you might actually not get anything. Yeah. That's so, well put. You know, I, that is, and that, that jogs me here. I have a thought, a follow-up thought here. Okay. So I give a lot of actually corporate presentations, mm-hmm. like relationship-based um, presentations for employers that understand the value of interpersonal connections and good candor in the workplace. Yeah. Um, so this comes from one of my trainings there. We talk about our desire, like what do we want? Right and and focusing on what is wanted, um, and and the the avenue I take people on is to talk about like let's talk about like Magellan and Christopher Columbus, right? So they knew what their charge was. They knew what they were hoping to find once they you know arrived in the promised land or whatever, looking for gold or slaves or spices or whatever. They knew what they wanted and they knew that they could find it with the resources that were granted to them. Mm-hmm. But if they instead were focused on what if the whole crew gets scurvy, then what? You know, what if we all get scurvy mm-hmm. out in the middle of the ocean and and we're and we're, you know, 500 nautical miles from any place <laughs> that we know and we all get scurvy and you yeah. know, they, if they focused on that, would they ever leave Spain? No. No. What if they were so worried about a mutiny? Mm-hmm. They could never have even tried. Yeah. If that was the only thing that they were focused on. But instead, they had this idea of what they wanted and what they hoped would be there. Did Columbus find it? Not what he hoped. But was the whole journey a failure? No. no. Same thing with Magellan. He didn't find the thing <laughs> that he was expecting yeah. when he set sail. But he found something even greater you know, complete circumnavigation of the globe, that brought more enlightenment to the, you know, the old world than they had ever even anticipated was possible. Never would have happened if they didn't know what they wanted Mm -hmm. before. And that's what should be motivating us is what we want. And that's why I say, do some archaeology, find out what a healthy relationship looks like, and then seek it. Yeah, don't just do it. We we talked about the idea of having an episode a long time ago, mm-hmm. there was relationship autopsy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's there's a certain value, I suppose, in finding out what killed it. Mm-hmm. But There is. But even more so, I think the hope is that you determine what you can do better yeah. next time, right? Right. And say, well, that's what happened. I've had the bad. I know what good looks like now. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to go after is the good thing. And it, there could have been periods in your previous relationship that were good. Yeah. And, and that you can recognize sure. as, hey, that was good. Sure. I can be a part of good. Yeah. It's not, it, it's it's still doable. That right. might be another fear that some people have is maybe I can never have a good relationship. Well, or, and, and I think, you know, hopefully, and that's why I brought up the values thing before, 
hopefully they, they, they find somebody who with a value that's that's better matched, right? If that was an issue. And we'll just pick we'll pick some, mm-hmm. somebody a little bit more well suited and then we'll try some of these things that were working and we'll go for a long, long time and be very, very happy. Mm-hmm. You know, and we'll do more episodes in the future. I mean, there's so much to touch on with dating after divorce and dating with kids and stuff. But I kind of want to end the episode like just on a very hopeful note, like pretty much most of the people that I know that are divorced were able to recover from it and have been able to move on and have found love again and are very happy. Like it is possible. Like I know it probably feels hopeless and I know that you're discouraged, but there is so much out there and there are so many people in your same situation. I don't want people to feel like they're going to be shunned. I don't want people to feel like no one else is divorced. They're going to look down on me. I don't feel that that's the case. Mm-mm. No. If you're re-entering the dating pool over 40, most people are just divorced just like you. Yeah. And so they can very well relate to you, the struggles that you've been through. And you can support each other and nurture each other through it if we find a good fit, yeah. which we we can and we do. Um, I wanted to mention just before we close, there is a, a group called Healthy U- HealthyRelationshipsUtah.org. Okay. HealthyRelationshipsUtah.org. And they offer free classes. They're both in person and online that's oh. funded by a grant. Um, it's through the University of, nope, it's through Utah State University. Okay. And they have, you know, really qualified um instructors so they teach classes on us they they have one called smart steps for step families um there's one for just single people called falling avoid falling for a jerk they have one called couple links they have a parenting class a couple of parenting classes and i think there's one on blended families too and maybe that's just the smart steps, but I thought it said something about blended families. But anyway, I, I can't say enough good things about this. And there's a, they all, healthyrelationshipsutah.org also has a podcast, which is highly valuable, really important topics that they covered and they bring experts in. They had an episode a couple of weeks ago about how we deal with unwanted pornography viewing mm-hmm. in a marriage and what it means and the research and the science behind it and strategies. And it was is very insightful. I know there's a lot of couples who struggle with that yeah. um, in their marriage. So this podcast is an amazing resource. This whole .org is an amazing resource. I highly recommend people cool. people check it out. That's great. I've never even heard of that before. I yeah, love that there's so many options out there. Yeah. And they're free. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, you don't have to hire Kristen, but I just always want to put the shout out out there. <laughs> Kristen you. Sokol, her last name is spelled S-O-K-O-L. And if you Google her, her website comes right up. She is available for individual coaching. Mm-hmm. She can be as in-depth or basic as you want it to be. She has mm-hmm. lots of different options. She is someone that I am so thankful to call my friend. Mm-hmm. But she has Same. taught me so, so much. Mm-hmm. Like, so much. And you will leave every session, in my opinion, you will feel so much more hope. Mm-hmm. And you'll be like, I can do this. There is someone out there for mm-hmm. me. And so if that is something you're looking for, if you are looking for a therapist, my therapist's name is Michelle. I won't put her name on here right this second, but she did say in the future that I can put it. But if you do want to email me, you can email me at barbiedoesdating at gmail.com. Or we have our social media pages that Nick got back up. 
And if you want, um, send a message and I can PM you. I can private message you her information. She's really been fantastic. Or there's so many resources out there. There's Mm -hmm. so many Mm resources out there. But please just know that just because you're divorced does not mean that you are worthless. You are deserving of love. It's a fresh start. It is. There's so much to look forward to and you get to redesign everything. That's right. Yourself and your partner and what your relationship is going to be like. It is exciting. Yes. It's okay to start over. So we will have more episodes on divorce in the future. I promise. But thank you guys for listening and we will talk to all of you soon.